name is Seijin. Hi, my name is Paul, and we're Forecast. And today we'll be talking about um, an ETF comparison with QQQ, which is Invesco's NASDAQ 100 ETF, and ARK-K, which is ARK's Innovation ETF. Yeah, so today we'll be talking about, um, firstly, the cost, past, past performance, and then investing strategy, so comparing passive and active investing. Mm -hmm. And here we have like a website where they directly compare QQQ and ARK-K. And yeah, the first thing we want to talk about is what is the cost to it? So how much do you have to pay if you put in um, X amount of money into the fund? And as you can see, the expense ratio or the cost to it is 0.2% for QQQ and 0.75% for ARC. So mm -hmm. obviously ARC, you're paying um, much more for ARC. And that is obviously a disadvantage to investing into ARC. So yeah, what do you, so... Yeah. I was just doing some research on it also just to note that that 0.75 is 3.75 times more than 0.2% for mm. Invesco. So that's a pretty big difference, even though 0.75 may not seem like such a big difference yeah. in and of itself. But also um, something to note is that that ex the management expense ratio doesn't necessarily incorporate all of the costs of the fund um, because if, for example, ARC is trading a lot more, doing a lot of active trading, trading costs will start to pile up, um, which isn't necessarily represented in that management expense ratio. Wait, what do you, like, give an example. Like, okay, because ARC, for example, ARC has a turnover rate of about, I think it was 80%, which means that throughout the year, they replace 80% of their assets yeah which are in their fund yeah so that means that they're trading a lot mm -hmm. and there are lots of trading costs obviously when you do yeah. more transactions i mean you can see this in i think there's a website called kathy's arc or kathy's arc yeah and it literally shows like um the her actual trades like yeah, buy sell exactly. buy sell so we know how active this fund is and as you you said 80% they yeah, eighty percent turnover. Turnover of yeah. assets, and so as you can see, I mean, every time you do more transactions, that starts to pile up costs. So the management expense ratio isn't fully representative of all the costs that Arc will have, which obviously just lower your returns. Wait, that doesn't make sense because the only cost that you have is the 0.75 so you're saying that there's going to be more cost that you are una unaware of right now yeah basically so what? No, like wait i your returns are going to be lower than if they didn't trade as much so oh is that just going back to your thinking of like if you trade less or if you trade more that, that doesn't necessarily mean you get a higher return it's, yeah i mean all I'm saying is because if you trade more, doesn't mean you're gonna get like less returns necessarily. You don't know. It means that you have higher transaction costs, which yeah. But you're not the only thing you're paying is 0.75, and that's fixed 0.75 percent. No, that's what I'm saying. You're you're paying more than that. That's the management expense ratio only. Oh. But the transaction costs, which, like, okay, let's say Arc does all these trades, right? Yeah. That's gonna lower. An investor's return just because ARC has to pay that. So the fund returns are going to be lower. Mm. And that's not accounted for in the management expense ratio. Regardless of ARC's returns, you pay the 0.75%
no matter what. Yeah. But the problem with the extra trading is that this starts to eat away at returns. And that's just a separate cost, not accounted for by management expense ratio. Mm. So that's also something to look at in terms of cost. Okay. But yeah, obviously the most obvious one is the management expense ratio, which is pretty clear and pretty straightforward that QQQ has a lower one and that's all you're really looking at. So I would yeah. say QQQ is better in that regard. Okay. Yeah, that I definitely that, that definitely makes sense that, you know, mm -hmm. Arc is, you know, having a higher cost with 0.75%. Yeah. And I think that QQQ wins out in this part of the discussion. Mm -hmm. What do you think about like the um, investing or the historical returns? So yeah, so I looked at the returns over five years for QQQ and ARC. ARC K, um, the returns for five years until February 14th, 2020, which was the peak before the coronavirus crash in February and March. And then returns from March 20th until now, which was March 20th was the bottom of the crash until currently. And the returns during the COVID crash, which was February 19th, the peak until March 19th. So if you look at the returns for five years, and this is all according to Google, yeah. um, QQQ has returned 227.71%, where ARC has returned 834%. So obviously, just over a five-year period, I mean, ARC clearly wins on that one. Mm -hmm. um, but I found it interesting that the returns until February 14th, um, which was the peak of the... To 2020, right? Yeah, yeah, 2020, which was the peak before the COVID crash. ARC had returned only twice as much as QQQ. So <laughs> well, only twice, that's still... No, but I know that that is a lot, but the real difference comes from the returns from the bottom of the COVID crash until now, where QQQ only, I mean, it's a lot obviously, but compared to ARC, returned 95% versus ARC's almost 300%. So ARC returned three times as much yeah. as QQQ. So I think, yeah, over, over the long run, ARC is ahead by a significant margin, but a lot of that has come very recently from the COVID crash until now where ARC has probably been able to make some, because they're actively managed, make some trades to sort of take advantage of the, the situation. Yeah, of the situation. Whereas QQQ, since it's an index-based um, ETF, it doesn't, mm. it doesn't change during this time unless like the market cap of some of the stocks went down or up. Yeah. But and they can't do as many changes at yeah. the time. So that could be attributed to like ARC being lucky. But yeah. I also think that it's also like on ARC to actually take advantage of that. Like that's a disadvantage mm -hmm. of, okay, we're kind of going into like passive versus active yeah. right now. But the disadvantage would be like, you know, QQQ can't, you know, take advantage of these situations mm -hmm. and recognize, oh, the world is going to significantly change on what can we do? Like ARC, they have people to analyze the situation and make decisions on that, mm -hmm. invest in companies that can really like flourish in, in like a time like that, right? And that, and from the returns, we can really see that like their returns exploded after, mm -hmm. you know, the coronavirus pandemic happened yeah, or, so or is happening right now. I think that's a good point to make. Um, and this is, like you said, just going to the active versus passive debate, really. Mm. So obviously, active managers can probably respond 
I mean, obviously, they can respond more quickly to certain economic events. But I think that there's asterisks here um, because just because they can respond more quickly and Ark has done a great job during this time, obviously. Um, but I think that that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be able to continue making the right responses in the long run. Mm -hmm. I mean, they did do a great job for this particular example. And also, to be fair, a lot of the companies that they held in their portfolio before the crash as well were companies that were well positioned to recover from coronavirus or like take advantage of COVID. Mm. Um, but I just think it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be able to continue to continue doing this mm, as well yeah and just to talk about like what they hold we know that mm -hmm. it's a fact that like the top 10 of each of the indexes right mm -hmm. they hold like 50 percent of the whole fund so the top 10 is very heavily weighted in both funds yeah right? so here um i did i listed all the holdings for this column is for qqq and this is for arc mm. and as you can see the top 10 holdings in QQQ are represent 51% of the overall fund and the top 10 holdings in ARC represent 44% of the overall fund. So although QQQ has more holdings, so you could kind of, you could sort of make the argument that it, it's more diversified in that way. Mm. It's actually more like concentrated. Double, double in, the amount of stocks as ARC. Yeah. Like, yeah. Basically like hundred to 50 around something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, but it is more concentrated what is that? That's what seven percent more concentrated yeah. in the top ten mm. stocks. So I thought that was interesting, but I also think that that concentration. I mean, it's not due to managers picking these stocks. It's just because they are the largest non-financial stocks. Mm. So it's it's not necessarily. Wait, what do you mean? Like they're the largest. By market, market cap, market, yeah, yeah, market yeah. cap right? It, it's not due to any active stock trading mm -hmm, or like exactly. a person thinking, okay, this is going to be good. Yeah, so I so think it's that, passively picked. Yeah, so I think that that, just because they're highly concentrated doesn't mean that that's necessarily that bad in that scenario, yeah. I think. Whereas I think for ARC... It's pass it's actively picked, so there yes. could be some more risk to that. Yeah, it, it just... Because it's like... It could be subject to biases. Yeah, and... exactly. Yeah, okay. So I think that's a possibility. Although, like, one of the advantages of ARC, obviously, is that it is less diversified. Mm. And as of recently, at least, for their past performance in ARC-K, they've been able to choose specific stocks that have increased in value quite a lot. Specifically, mm. I mean, Tesla, you can see it's 8% of their overall fund almost 9%. Yeah. Um, and obviously Tesla has done extremely well recently. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think that's interesting to know, but also over here, this column shows what stocks are the same. So there are these um, one, two, mm -hmm. three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine stocks that are, that are the same between QQQ and ARC. And of the nine stocks, they represent 10.4% of QQQ's overall holdings. And of the nine stock stocks in ARC, those nine stocks represent 21.57% of the overall holdings. So mm, that's interesting. About a fifth of ARC's holdings are also in incorporated into QQQ, which I think is definitely something to note because, I mean, 
if those stocks do really well, ARK is clearly going to benefit, but QQQ also would benefit as mm. well, although to a lesser degree. Like, what do you think is that good? Is that good for ARK? Is that good for QQQ? Is it good for both funds or is that bad for like what? I think that that just shows that um, like we're, we are doing a comparison of versus QQQ versus ARKK. Yeah. But these funds aren't entirely different, um, especially if you're looking at ARK, it has one fifth of it is essentially what is in QQQ. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, ARK can like completely change your fund in the next five to 10 yeah. years. It could be 0%, it could mm -hmm. be 50%, like, because they're actively managed. Like, you yeah, know, exactly. there could be no Tesla next year. Or, I mean, although Catherine Woods is really yeah. keen on Tesla. Mm -hmm. But what I'm saying is, these active funds could drastically change. But I don't really see that happening in QQQ's holdings with huge market cap companies no, like, yeah, like Apple, not. Microsoft, Amazon, right? Yeah, so, but if we're just looking at it as of right now, mm. um, I just think it's important to note that there are a lot of similarities between the two funds. So yeah. don't think that these are completely different funds is all I'm saying. Yeah, so going a little bit into like the investment process, we mm -hmm. know QQQ is like, it's based on market cap, right? Mm -hmm. But just passive for, strategy. Yeah, passive strategy. It gets updated. Um, the next um, yeah. company that reaches that mm -hmm. market so it's cap. Just, QQQ just tracks the NASDAQ 100 index, which is the 100 biggest non-financial stocks by market cap. And mm -hmm. that's it. Yeah. And then for ARK, we can take a look at their investment process. Yeah. But they have a really, I would say like really cool, unique um, investing strategy that mm -hmm. I don't know if it's going to be um, I mean, right now it looks like it's doing amazingly, right? Mm -hmm. They use traditional sources. So probably like the traditional ways of valuing a stock on like fundamental analysis. Right. And then they have crowdsourcing and online and social media methods, which I think, which I think is really unique to compare mm -hmm. to other funds like crowdsourcing where they, you know, they're not complete experts in like AI, big data. So they bring in these people to teach them about like these technologies and their um, capabilities. Mm -hmm. right? right. And for online and social media, I don't know exactly what they do. Like they don't obviously won't tell us what they're doing, but <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm assuming some kind of, you know, sentiment analysis right. to see what people really like. So what I'm seeing with ARK is like, they're all about obviously innovation and they want to know what is happening in the world, especially with, um, and they want to be like really up to date. Like they look at social media, mm -hmm. crowdsource, they kind of expand out of this traditional way of investing. And I think that's what's really special about ARK. And right now, as of right now, I think that's really helping them. That That's what's giving them the edge to, you know, be so successful so far, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I think it's definitely an interesting investment philosophy. 100% um, definitely unique, and it seems to be working as of right now. But I think also just with any active investment strategy, um, just because it's working for a certain amount of time doesn't mean it's going to continue working into the future. Yeah, I agree. And then something, I obviously, we don't know how they do their, they use online and social media. Like you said, it may be some mix of sentiment analysis, maybe with some other tools. Um, but I think relying or even looking at what, I assume that they're looking at um, retail investors sentiment, not institutional traders and in sentiment. Mm. Looking at retail traders, I mean, retail traders are notorious for making bad investments. So I think it doesn't, 
I'm not saying that it can't work and obviously something has been working at ARC, but I just think that that is not necessarily a foolproof way to invest yeah. based on retail trader sentiment. Yeah. Okay. We can, I do agree with that, that, okay, if you're focusing on social media, you're going to yeah. have a lot of consumers, whatever yeah. they're saying, but okay. It says online plus social media. Yeah. I, I think online yeah. has so many different mm -hmm. things like online just is the internet, right? right? You can do so many things with the internet, do a lot of analyses on the internet mm -hmm. that doesn't only focus on the consumer. Yeah. Right. So I think they're probably looking at like what institutions are doing, what like al algorithmic mm -hmm. trading, like all of that. I don't know for sure. Like I can't, I don't, I'm, I don't work for ARC, yeah. but I'm sure they're doing much more than just a sentiment ana analysis mm -hmm. on consumers. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. So I guess it could work. I just, obviously I'm on the side of QQQ in this debate. So, I mean, I honestly think that, well, there's different scenarios of what you should choose. True. Yeah. Like it depends on your situation, right? Like for example, we, if we, if you already own like VU, which is like on um, what mirrors S and P 500, yeah. those stocks are already going to have a lot of QQQ stocks. I, mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure. Right. Like Facebook, yeah. Google, um, large Apple, market, yeah, Microsoft, large, yeah. large market cap companies. Mm -hmm. And if you get QQQ and VU, my thinking is like, okay, what is the, like, why? Like you're getting the same stocks True. basically, but one is like more tech centered. Mm -hmm. So I think. Maybe if you want to expand your portfolio and kind of look at trying to search for these high growth stocks that have small market cap, have a lot of potential. Mm -hmm. I think that it's really important to, I mean, it depends what investor, what kind of investor you are, but if you're looking for more growth, I think that ARC could really give you that. And also I think it's better than what I can research because I know for a fact, these people spend way more time researching on these small market Mm -hmm. on these potent on these high growth stocks right? right i know they can do much better than what i can do and if the only cost to that um is the management fee and um the turnover rate that mm -hmm. you said i honestly would would go probably go for it because i already have vu i already have um the stocks that i need for that mm -hmm. and if i'm looking for more growth stocks rather than me sitting down and doing some analysis by myself which I believe that to an extent um, is possible for every retail investor. But if you if you invest in something like ARK, I think that they would probably be more way more successful than you. It's, that's my that's my whole point with um, ARK. I think so. Just to touch on the I guess you're sort of looking at it from you're basically saying active management should win, essentially. No, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about Okay, I'm saying it depends research. on your it depends on your situation and I'm not overall I believe QQQ is better. Okay. Overall, 100%. But I'm saying if you're looking for more something different, true, and something that could have a higher ceiling with more growth, I think rather than you sitting down and trying to find these companies, it would be better to you know, bite the bullet on the management fees or other fees. Mm -hmm. um, given that it's not too large, investing in something like ARK is not a bad idea. Okay, I, I think I agree with you on that point. ARK K in perhaps small doses could be fine for your portfolio because like you said, 
you probably won't be holding a lot of these companies that ARK is holding mm. um, in their portfolio. So it might give you exposure to other industries or companies you may not have even heard of. But at the same time, I think, like you said, you believe that QQQ is better overall. Yeah. So a part of me thinks, why even waste any money on ARK K at all when you can just buy QQQ, which yeah. is an index-based approach. Okay, that's fair. But okay, the reason why I say overall is because just from the just from like active management in the past has never won passive. That's a yeah. fact, right? Yeah. Basically. Essentially. Yeah. And it's basic it's extremely hard. Yeah. I, yeah. But I might be a bit biased here, but we're both big believers of like big data, mm -hmm. machine learning, you know, all these like things that AI, are, yeah, AI, that, different trends, yeah, that different trends, this technological trends that are mm -hmm. happening right now that are, that are being accelerated by the coronavirus mm -hmm. pandemic, especially for sure. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a huge believer of that. And I don't know if it's now or like in a year, but I really believe that it will take over the world and mm -hmm. really change the world in terms of, you know, making everything more mm -hmm. um, digital, basically. Right. And I think we can see that in a company like Square, where um, RK's investment are really keen on. Like, mm -hmm. we, we saw some data on them, right? Like, right. Um, compared to a bank, they can give a loan in seven minutes, while right. a traditional bank would take, like, I don't know, 60 days to do that. 60 to 90. This was a presentation by Kathy Wood in yeah, South, South Africa. Africa. And she was comparing Square versus traditional banks. And she said, like you said, they can approve a loan in seven minutes. Whereas banks take 60 to 90 days. And then she also said that they had, what, 800 data points? Oh, traditional banks have 800 data points. And um, Square has like 300,000. Yeah, yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. So that's one example of what these companies are. Mm -hmm. Like obviously Square isn't as developed. Even Tesla isn't at its full um, capacity. Like Tesla's right, even I trying agree. to do like a rideshare app like Uber. Like mm -hmm. they're, they're much more than... I know you hear this all the time. They're much more than a car company mm -hmm. and whether they're overvalued or not is a different question in hand, but I really believe in this, you know, big data, um, that's going to really take over the world. And I think that arc is in the same wavelength of understanding this through their source of crowd, through their, you know, investing strategy of crowdsourcing right. online, um, social media analyses. And I, yeah, I think, there's a lot of opportunity that and I resonate with, you know, what they believe in is going to happen. I think, okay, so we're sort of transitioning more into like future outlook and sort of investing strategy, mm -hmm. right? Because we're looking at the types of companies that they have. And I think AI and big data are two points that definitely I 100% agree with you. AI is going to transform essentially everything and companies with good AI strategies are going to just be so much better than others. And I, I am happy that you brought this up because <laughs> I just I want to take a look at the holdings of ARK K versus QQQ. Okay, so one of the things that I immediately noticed is that Apple QQQ holds Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Tesla, Google, Facebook. And then there's Google again, whatever. Yeah. Irrelevant. And then ARK K holds like Tesla, Roku, TDoc, um, Square, Zoom. Zoom, yeah. Um, I can't remember what that is. But then some other companies, right? Yeah. And then there's Spotify Spot here. Spotify and Shopify, right? Yeah, I and think then so. Tencent. 
Yeah, and PayPal. Yeah. Um, so, like, especially with AI, one of the um, really strong determinants of... Okay, so, so currently AI uses big... Or, sorry, they use deep learning, right? Yeah. Um, that's the new sort of, I guess, al- not algorithm, if you can call it. I mean, I don't think it's necessarily... It's not the same type of algorithm that they used to use for yeah. AI, right? Like they're, self- they're transitioning to big, or sorry, deep learning. Yeah, like self-driving cars, they use deep learning. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And so with in the past, with the more traditional um, AI algorithms, like gradient descent or like support vector machines, um, there's a certain point where if you increase training data past a certain point, it doesn't really help on performance of the algorithm, right? But for big data, I'm pretty sure, and I, we might want to look, you might want to look this up to be a hundred center, but I'm pretty sure I saw some research that said for big data that, or sorry, for deep learning, more data still translates into better performance. Like yeah. it doesn't so really the, decline. It doesn't hit a flat line like the old algorithms did. It continues It doesn't to plateau. It just, yeah. yeah. So, so the big winners will be the people who have the most amount of data. Exactly. And currently, I think that these companies, Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Tesla, um, Google, okay, Google and Facebook especially, I think, they have so much data on consumers. I mean, Google, it's literally, I don't know the exact like percentage of the search engine market that they hold, but it has to be a huge amount. I mm. mean, I don't know anyone in the past five years who's said that they use anything other than Google. So do you so you think with their huge market cap, they're gonna keep growing with I taking think, advantage of AI? Yeah, like regardless of the market cap, just these companies are so big and so many people use them that just by the fact that they have so many consumers, they have so much data already. Yeah. And with deep or with deep learning algorithms that improve with more data, mm. smaller companies which ARC holds they may do some amazingly innovative things and they may have great algorithms, but I think some research, some research, some research has shown that even with um, better algorithms, you can still outperform better algorithms with more training data, which I think that these bigger companies have a huge advantage over. Mm. I mean, they already have so much data and as more people use them, they're only going to get more data, which is then it's just going to be a continuous cycle where they have so much data, their deep learning algorithms or deep learning um, results are going to be better than the smaller companies, which have less data. Hmm. So consumers are going to get better products, basically, like more um, products that are more related to them on like Facebook, Google, Apple. They'll know what consumers want more. Yeah. And then that's going to relate to consumers buying more of their products and more consumers using them, which relates like turns into it's more like a data cycle. Yeah. And it just keeps going. So basically these companies would be continue to be the giants. Yeah. That's why I think even though these companies are so big already, like um, Kathy said, AI is going to be a, have a huge impact mm. on the economy and the world around us. And these companies really, I mean, Google, Facebook, Amazon, especially, I mean, Google, I think is the most um, publicly known company to be doing a lot of research into artificial intelligence and deep learning. Um, 
like with their self-driving cars um they acquired deep um deep mind i think it was yeah which created alpha go mm -hmm. um and alpha zero so i think but then also apple um amazon facebook they also have a lot of ai research that may not be as public as um google's but yeah. they're definitely doing research into that so i think these companies are even though they're so big i honestly think that they're they grow. still have room to grow okay like just because ai is going to affect the world so much mm -hmm. and they're going to be able to take advantage of it i mean for example what tensorflow is one of the machine learning sort of a way that a lot of people do machine learning right yeah. like i think even apple builds some of their machine learning off of tensorflow and google is when they created tensorflow <laughs> so i mean these are the companies that are pioneering the developments in ai yeah. it's not it's not necessarily smaller companies which arc k holds which okay i do think that smaller companies definitely can gr have great developments yeah. and can definitely um pioneer great changes in ai although they would have a disadvantage due to the lower data but i think another thing to think about with that is that for example i'll give the example of amazon and google for example there's DeepMind, which I alluded to before, was yeah. the company that they created AlphaGo, which was a an AI program that can play the Chinese game of Go, and it beat the world's best Go player. Hmm. Um, or it was either AlphaGo <clears throat> or AlphaZero. Um, but that was that was created by DeepMind, right? Which was a separate company before, but Google bought it because they realized, oh, this company has a lot of potential for AI. So yeah. we don't want them to be better than us, so let's just buy them. And then, for example, Zooks, which was a self-driving car company, um, really innovative self-driving car company. Amazon bought that company because they realized the potential that they had. Mm. So I think they're uh, just going to be bought out by these. Tech yeah, giants. not obviously not all the time for sure. And, you know, sometimes the government may stop them from doing that. But I think that these companies like the bigger ones are already so big that they definitely have the resources to buy. Mm. I mean, almost any company that they want to yeah. at this point. So I think that's another factor to sort of look out for mm. just because um, it doesn't, just because ARC has some of these great companies now doesn't mean that down the line, they're still going to be one, even their own company or great companies in the future. And also I think the, let me just check for sure, but you alluded to Square before, which I think PayPal currently owns. Hmm. Maybe it wasn't Square actually. Or... Um... No, never mind. Sorry, it yeah. wasn't Pay. It wasn't Square. I was thinking of Venmo. Yeah, Venmo. Yeah, Ven. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, sorry, it's Venmo that PayPal owns. But okay, regardless of Square or not, I think Venmo is another good example because it was a really or it still is obviously a really innovative platform mm. but i mean a bigger company bought it because it realized the potential that it had yeah um so yeah i just think the the data aspect as well as the resources that these large companies have to buy out other smaller companies can keep them at the top mm. potentially yeah, I definitely agree with you. Like these companies are 
already so powerful and mm -hmm. especially putting it into context of like big data like mm -hmm. the big winners of these companies would be the people who have the most amount of data right exactly so i really yeah i do agree with that with you like you know amazon apple like google especially mm -hmm. will will really thrive off of that in the next um you know in the future yeah yeah so i think yeah in terms of a future outlook just to sort of conclude this section i guess i think arc can do or its past record has shown that it can do a good a, a great job at identifying potentially really disruptive companies right so yeah. there's definitely arc is great at that as or at least its track record shows that it's great at that so i think that's a great benefit for arc mm. um but going into the future this is not necessarily guaranteed which is one thing although they could continue to do it, it's possible um but also i think like with the certain trends that are going to come within the next what five ten years mm. ten for sure um like with ai and big data yeah. i think that the companies that are best positioned to take advantage of this aren't the smaller companies but the larger companies that an etf like qqq already holds yeah but that's not to, again that's not to say that arc couldn't hold them as yeah. well but yeah going back to like square i was thinking like okay this doesn't really relate to qqq mm -hmm. but square is like, up against traditional banks right and these banks although they've been around for so long and they probably have you know a good amount of data mm -hmm. their whole infrastructure probably isn't the best like they probably haven't really realized the potential of data like I analytics agree. Agree. and they don't have the infrastructure to collect it properly you know clean it have accurate data you know make models off of it mm -hmm. i don't think like we saw that with the example of like um having um, a certain amount of data points and i think that if square like if a new company um or like a smaller cap company like square comes in and you know makes innovative products and they really already know the infrastructure of how to get data properly that could bring a big edge to um exploding growth although they have less data but i'm not 100 percent sure on that but i'm what i'm saying is if mm -hmm. these companies really take advantage of it i think they can explode in growth which would pr probably equate to a higher return yeah that's true i think i think that's 100% true as well. Um, I just think also w one potential, I guess, not issue, but um, something that could make it harder for these small companies that are really innovative to beat the bigger companies is I think also a lot of these larger companies, which seem pretty stuck in the past, um, like you gave the example of large banks versus like Square, or what was he or sofi yeah which, sofi which yeah. you really like um <laughs> or even even like against wealth simple or something like that mm -hmm. um they definitely were stuck in the past and currently kind of are i i i also believe that for example sofi or wealth simple are better platforms than some of the traditional older banks. traditional like banks or investment platforms but i think a lot of these companies are starting to realize oh like we have to start doing this as well yeah but the thing is that would take time because it's so hard to go from 
okay, I don't know, I don't have experience in this, but right. I imagine it's so hard to change the infrastructure of a business to yeah. be completely mm-hmm. analytical with integrated big data. Like it's mm-hmm. so hard, especially with a large bank company, right? right? How are you going to change like everything that you've done into and so right. quickly? Like yeah. I think the process will take really slow. And if you have like a small cap company, mm-hmm. just like destroys them in that mm-hmm. like they're in, they're there their whole structure is already built that's on true. that um you know an, e- an easy way to collect data right. and use data i think these small cap companies like would like you know so far could destroy traditional yeah. banks i think yeah so I'll, I'll concede that sort of part to i guess arc because one i um I don't think this, I think I still believe that QQQ is the safer and better investment in the long term. But one thing, for example, that ARK would be, ARK K would be better at is, let's look at the example of Tesla. Tesla is held by QQQ because it has a huge market cap right now. But a lot of the growth in Tesla, like when companies are going from small to large, they have massive returns. But those returns wouldn't be included in QQQ because the company just isn't big enough to be in, in QQQ. So once it's already added into QQQ, it could have missed a lot of the returns that yeah. it has. Mm-hmm. So I think ARK could take advantage of that because they can include smaller companies, which when they're on their rise, rise to, to becoming being a huge, huge company, yeah. they, they take like, advantage of that like thousand percent return. Yeah, like what I'm thinking is like, what if by the time they get into that market cap, they are kind of plateaued right. in growth. Like, yeah. Cause they already grew so much. And ARK's whole point is to pick out these companies that, you know, have mm-hmm. crazy potential to capitalize on, like, you know, get that return that they True. have. And by the time it reaches QQQ, maybe they just like, you know, there's their returns aren't as good. That's true. I think, but again, just going back to sort of the passive versus active investing debate, I just think that, I mean, we're all about evidence and statistics mm. and the past performance, although as they always say, it's not an indicator of future results. Past performance has shown that passive strategies have for the vast majority of the time beaten active strategies over a longer holding period, like mm. 10, 20 years, yeah. so on. Um, so I think that, that that obviously that's the main reason you would probably pick QQQ over ARK. Because if you believe in passive, you're most likely going to pick QQQ regardless of almost anything else. Mm. And if you believe in active, you might pick ARK because you think that ARK could beat a passive strategy, which QQQ uses. Mm. So like, just to wrap everything up right Mm -hmm. now, overall, we both believe that QQQ is the better investment. Like, for example, if you you know, you just started investing and mm-hmm. you have some money, um, would you go active, passive? We, we would both recommend go passive. Right. And or if even you, just, if you're just investing in one of them, probably yeah. QQQ mm. is the better investment. And if you're investing a significant portion of your wealth into one of them, QQQ is probably the better investment. Yeah. But like you said, Seijin, um, there's a lot of opportunity mm-hmm. with ARC and they could really pick out these active these companies that they um, find themselves and it's not like you're doing all the research right right and they do have a lot of 
new strategies that they're using, mm-hmm. which could potentially um, pick out those stocks that you can um, invest in and get their um, crazy returns um, as their small cap companies with right. lots of potential. And again, if you're thinking of this into where would ARK fit into my portfolio, it could be more of a probably a smaller position than mm, like just, risky. Yeah. If you're looking for those growth stocks. Right. right? Yeah. If, if you wanted to take if you like regardless of anything, if you want to have some risky stocks or, or exposure to more unique stocks that you probably won't be looking at on your own, ARK K could be a really good investment. Um, but again, it, it does depend on your investing strategy. And as yeah. we said, overall, we both believe that QQQ in and of itself is the better investment yeah. overall. Mm-hmm. So thank you for listening and I hope everyone has a great day.